Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Super Rugby Review Show here on New Zealand Sports Radio. Hi, I'm Paul and I'll be your host this evening. You know, I should hand over the hosting due to someone else next time, be a guest. That'd be much more fun uh, rather than having to try and be in control of this motley crew. Well, let's be honest, because that motley crew this evening <laughs> is uh, Ashwin and Stephen. How are you doing, sirs? Good, good. How are you doing? <laughs> very good, very good. Thank you, Paul. So, Ashwin, I... Um, Watching the games this weekend. Uh, watch the uh, obviously the the Friday night one at home. You didn't you didn't uh, jet down to uh, Wellington, but um, you were at Eden Park for both the women's and the men's Super Rugby games. This, this no, just 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 the um, men's game in the end, actually. Um, so, but as you said, we are a motley crew, and you got to keep us in control. So, um, before we get started tonight, I'm just going to say, oh my God, what amazing news! It's not rugby at all. But two Kiwis finishing first and second in an IndyCar race. I'm sorry, that's massive. That is absolutely massive. So I'm sorry, it's not rugby, but that is massive. That is very impressive. Yes, I must admit. Yeah. And uh, I'll be honest, 9.30 p.m. Uh, on um, Sky is the uh, highlights. So I'll be, I, think I'll be, I think I'll be watching that this evening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, but, uh, you know, just uh, made it to the, um, uh, the second game last night. Um, and we'll get into why when we cover the games off. Cool. Did you get into the? Uh, did you did you manage to get home in time for the for the uh, Australian game, or did you decide? Oh, to, yeah, uh, plenty of time. Yeah, no one. worries. Yeah, easy, easy, easy. Yeah, good, easy. Um, well, <laughs> well, Stephen's opening up his what looks like his tomato sauce packet or or, or 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 whatever it is for his for his for his, for his chips there. Um, uh, quick trip to uh, quick trip to to, to Macca's there, yeah. Stephen. No, no, no. I've got the old something I haven't had for a very long time. It's the old uh, nougat. The Nougat Honey Log. Remember those? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally different packaging there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that, that's for the oh, that's for the Australian game because I'll just chew my way through that game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I, I, I know where you're coming from on that one. Um, it was the most predictable game. Actually, no, I'm not sure if it was the most predictable game. Of the, yeah, probably was, was the most predictable game of the weekend, um, to be uh, to, to be honest with that one. Uh, Stephen, did you get to Eden Park for either the, either the women's games, or did you watch your, all from the comfort of your own armchair? No, no, no. I was a little bit off colour yesterday, so I decided to uh, uh, park the feet up on, on, the, on the couch, watched a bit of uh, uh, first, 15, first 15 rugby. That was from the Presbyterian tournament that's been played down in Wellington. Over the week, so yeah, a couple of Auckland sides, I think Sacred Heart and St. Kentigan down there mixed in uh, with a, a few teams from uh, Wellington and Christchurch as as well. I think uh, it's at St. Thomas's College. That was a very, very good game between St. Thomas's College and St. Kentigan College. Really, St. Kent's, the, the, the bad boys of uh, schoolboy rugby are allowed in the allowed in the church league. Wow, a bit, a bit surprised the church allowed <laughs> yeah, us to do wow. that. Very me. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I think it's. A, I think they're getting a bit of a bad rap. I've got, well, okay, they've they've been bad, but I think there's some other schools flaunting it as well. Should I say? I thought it might be excommunicated, but no, clearly not. The uh, um... excommunicated. <laughs> what are you doing then? Got all, got all the lingo. 
Um, yeah. yeah for me, yep. Yeah, I was in in the studio watching them and uh, had one screen with YouTube on for my kids, and then uh, me one screen with the rugby on and the noise cancelling headphones, so I could uh, wasn't uh, um, distracted by um, Sophie Plays, which is their which is their favourite which is their favourite uh, YouTube channel at the moment. And hey, if we're ever half as successful as Sophie Plays is on YouTube, we'll have made it, guys. I can tell you that straight away. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But then we started. We kicked off on Friday night <clears throat> with the um, Hurricanes versus the Highlanders. Um, I'll be honest. Coming into this one, the TAB had the Hurricanes as quite strong favourites. Um, I backed the Highlanders going into this one. Do you think that was a fair a fair call by the TAB? Or um, obviously they got the result right. But um, I must say, I thought the Highlanders would would have come into this one as uh, as, as much um, well, much stronger position uh, pre pre game. Yeah, Paul. It's always hard hard to gauge when. When when both sides really haven't got a lot to play for, because I don't think there was going to ever going to be a position change on 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 the table, regardless. So I suppose for the Hurricanes, it was a case for them. They just they probably just wanted to finish with a win in front of their, their supporters. So yeah, the result kind of didn't didn't surprise me at the end of the day. I, I, I yeah, agree with you there. I actually think um, it. it... If the Hurricanes, when the Hurricanes can come up against a team that hasn't got a big forward pack, um, and then they do have, they do have a side that is actually quite entertaining. They a lot of ball players, and and um, I think I made a comment in the after match show, and the fact is that if you went through the try highlights and you were picking tries of the season, I think the Hurricanes would have a lot of them there because they've scored some fantastic tries. Been on the wrong end of the scoreboard, but they've scored some absolute pearls. And in that game, I think it was the first try of the game, um, was would be one of those that would be making highlight reels for the season. So uh, when it comes, as Stephen says, nothing on the line. Um, the Hurricanes probably had that little bit more to prove than the Highlanders. So um, And it showed in the scoreboard. Yeah, look, the, the, the first half, I mean, well, for me, the big, well, actually, the, the big talk about the first half was probably the um, amount of opportunities that the Hurricanes messed up and left out there um, mm. more, more than anything else. Um, the um, So to me, that was, that, 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 but but um, but the, the, the kind of undercurrent story um, that was in there was, uh, was Dane Coles um, being an absolute grub yet again. Putting his elbow on 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 someone's head on well on, on Mitch Hunt's head on the ground, um, and then when the ref um, pulls him over to talk about, it, he goes, "Oh, we were just having some fun." Well, you might have been, but I'm sure Mitch's Mitch Head's Hunt wasn't um, Mitch Head's head wasn't some. I'm sure yeah, the, the fellow on the ground's head wasn't having much fun having your yeah. elbow um, yeah. being driven into it. I think those two were having a bit of a running battle even before. That incident flared up. Um, if you're listening and tuning into the, uh, to the to the commentators, and just a quick word on, on the commentators. It's not total respect for for Grant Nisbet, not total respect for anybody who's is a commentator. So in a way, I shouldn't be throwing stones at glass houses. But um, Nisbet, man, there were a lot of mistakes in his uh, call on uh, on Friday night. So I'm just starting to wonder if it's a if it's the beginning of the end, but hey, like 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 I say, I, I better watch what I say. Oh, look, not, look, 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 to frame it, you could probably say it's it's like you know it's like Murray Walker doing the F one right, and at the end, it was becoming really obvious that it was time for Murray to put his feet up and enjoy F one from uh, uh, you know just watching it at home, um, and, and you know the classic when he made that comment is like. Oh, there goes Vettel, and he's passing him, and it's just like, and somebody going, "No, no, Murray, you're watching a replay." <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so I, I totally agree with you. Um, I've noticed that over not just Friday night's game, but I've noticed that um, for a few for a while now, not seasons, you might say, Nisbo gets quite a lot of the call wrong. Yeah, and even on listen, it wasn't just us picking it up as well. Obviously, I was just um, at the same time in, in 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 between our own chat room and a and a certain other chat room which I won't mention. But uh, listen, he, he was copying quite a bit on this other chat line as, as well. And uh, yeah, the more you picked up, the more you listened, the more more mistakes you were starting to find in the commentary. So, uh, oh, well, listen, let's just hope he had a bad night at the office. 
<laughs> hey, um, just on, you know, we're talking about Dane Coles and the fact is that, you know, look, at the end of the day, bad guys finish first, don't they? they <laughs> well, he had the last laugh, didn't he? He had the last laugh and, uh, and what has been commented on many times already over the weekend, the Highlanders with the worst ever um, captain's challenge and Dane Coles gets a try out of it. <laughs> Yep, no, you're, 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 you're right. And uh, yeah, and he was laughing at that point. Uh, look, for a player who is so good at actually playing rugby, it's a shame to see that in his game. But for, from my point of view, look, he, he, if he just stuck to playing rugby, he's, he's a great player. Um, but when he does, when he gets involved in all this sort of stuff, um, that's, uh, uh, it's, yeah, it's not great. I mean, there were a few comments on Twitter that perhaps it's something to do with All Blacks hookers because apparently Cody Taylor's heading down that route a little bit that as well. Me. Oh, you was it okay? Um, the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, um, it is though, isn't it? It's Cody Taylor's lifted his game in that area as well. So, um, but um, sorry, the so the Highlanders again, again, um, lots of good scrambling defense in that first half to keep the Hurricanes out. I mean, Hurricanes perhaps didn't help themselves either. Um, and we're leading, um, at uh, um, yeah, 17 15 at half time, as you say, that captain's challenge two minutes before half time was done. We all know that Dane Coles um, was uh, uh, put his foot down deliberately or in, in deliberately onto the player. Um, but uh, he did it in such a way as that it wasn't conclusive via video evidence and you were never going to get called for it. Um, so, but um, his reputation leads us to to, to, to to remove the benefit of the doubt from a fan's point of view, but from a TMO point of view, you can't do that and you have to have divinity. Well, um, and so it's the correct call. Um, yeah. It's like a court of law, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a court of law. You have to have. To, yeah. I going to say, Aaron Smith obviously thought, well, listen, here's our here's our opportunity for him to maybe spring a, a second yellow card, but there there wasn't anything there at all. If if anything, it 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 was probably the changing of the match that tried just before halftime. I think it just gave the <clears> the the Hurricanes a little bit of a leg up. Absolutely no. We're two minutes two minutes to go to go. It's seven seventeen. It's a 10-point lead by the Highlanders. They're thinking, we've got this in a, in a real nice situation. They've uh, they've thrown everything at us. They can't score. They're going to be demoralised at half-time. We're, we're all good. And then a bad captain's challenge. Dane Coles goes over um, from a line-out more. Um, Jordy Barrett hits a long kick. Um, and uh, Gilbert, um, unfortunately, bottles uh, bottles it. He should just put it down, have the drop out. Instead, he does a clearing kick and they end up having a, short, uh, having a line-out from... Well, pretty much straight out. The, Five the meters again can't get over the try line. I mean, they're, they're, they're another opportunity left out there. Probably about four or five in that first half alone, and suddenly, what was a ten-point lead is, is only a two-point lead, and all the momentum's with the Hurricanes going into the sheds. Paul, it, it, interestingly enough, I, I just wonder sometimes if if teams are watching the clock just before half times. So how many times do you see a game where there's only 30, 30 seconds left? And you think to yourself, well, okay, we're hard on defence. Let's put a few carries in, slow the clock down, and and just kick it in the touch. Go to go to go to half time. Now I thought there was the opportunity for the Hurricanes to do that, and there was another example of that happening in another game from Australia. And boy, that had massive consequences um, on that particular game as well. But we'll we'll obviously get to that when we when we tread down that path. But I just wonder yeah. if it's something that the that teams have got to be more aware of. Listen, just if you if you deep on defence, there's 30 seconds to go, under a minute. Hey, let's just try and wind down the clock as opposed to kicking it away and kicking it away into into uh, into touch. If you know what I mean. I see we've just got a big uh, bonjour, but from our point of view, it's bonsoir. No, yes, bonjour in French and good evening in English. Um, yeah. as in, <laughs> as well. But from our point of view, it's bonsoir. Um, the um, uh, so yes, we had that one. I the we then ended up um, with the Hurricanes coming out, uh, chip through, Lamapi chases through, scores, um, showing a real good turn of pace um, in that one. Um, and um, the uh, another. Um, one where the, um, the 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 landers then go close, uh, captain's referral, um, and he gets called for a well, I think it was a double movement or knock on or whatever it was. Um, and uh, uh, the no, there was a knock on, I think the one that you're referring to, and um, that's the one we sort of said now they got it wrong because it's 
to our point of mind, the ball was going backwards. It's at the point of the pointy end of the ball, which is propelled oh, right, forward. Yeah. Yep. Not no, it wasn't knocked on, especially if they said that on um, Saturday night it wasn't a knock on. That one by the Highlanders definitely was not a knock on. <laughs> yeah, and that suddenly, and that's um, again as as uh, the um, as nocturnal rights here it says in in the live chat. And don't forget, folks, you can join us on the live chat here at eight pm every Sunday. Uh, uh, that um, the Highlanders were very flat. And I think after that, um, that disallowed try kind of took the um, the wind out of their sails. Uh, they got a massive disconnect um, between the end of their line. Uh, at the end of their line out and the start of the defensive line that uh, Ruben Love just ran straight through um, that led to the next try. And uh, you've got to say, Ruben Love's uh, uh, um, stepped up well uh, to this level of, of competition. Hey, look, he's no, um, he's, 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 he's no All Blacks bolter or anything like that, but uh, uh, he isn't uh, embarrassing himself at Super Rugby level. You know, one thing we all forget, um, or, or I don't think many people remember telling you the truth, as when Richie Moanga first came into the Can uh, Crusaders setup, he was a, he was obviously been playing first five for Canterbury, and he was not setting the world on fire. He um, he uh, really in his first couple of seasons at Canter at uh, provincial level, and then even at Super Rugby level, he was very run of the mill. And you know, some of us that have seen the Can Can uh, Crusaders having a massive, you know, the dynasty that they've had, sort of rubbing your hands together, going finally. They have a first five A that really is just average, but you know, a couple of seasons later, and he set the world on fire and hasn't looked back. So you know, just want to get us. I think someone like Ruben Love feet under the table, so to speak. That's why, as I said, we spoke about it after the game, or I spoke about it after the game. It was absolutely crazy um, coaching by the um, Hurricanes coaching team. The guy, the kids, just made the biggest play he's ever made in his career in Super Rugby, which is short, but it's the confidence builder. And then they hook him, which was just bizarre. You know, the kid's actually done something good. He's going to have his confidence levels going through the roof. You leave him on to build on it, not yank him. That was nuts. So, um, yeah, interesting one there by the, by the coaches. That, that went out to a 29-17 lead. And, and from there, look, the uh, the Highlanders were never coming back, um, in all honesty. They, they did get to, um, uh, get one try back, but then uh, a couple more for the uh, Hurricanes. Um, and have and, to... Um, it was just, it, just it, have it, to. Yep. Was go, it the first try from a lineout drive this year? Actually, Nixon, we haven't seen him mm. score from yep, a lineout so. drive, so that, that must be close to the best lineout drive. So I just want to highlight guy, one guy who was really impressed me when he was when he was out on the field, and that's um, a guy. And, yeah, and this is a bit of an irony. There were a lot of calls for Devin Flanders earlier in the year to be given a start, but he didn't seem to quite uh, be in the mix because they obviously had Artie playing it playing it. Number eight and eight, and, yeah, and Karifi and uh, who was the other guy, Princip, Princip and so, Fafita at times as well. Yeah, so not enough room. But boy, that you talk about taking your opportunities. This kid is good as a very very good ball carrier, and seems to get through a lot of work and has got a bit of pace for a six six slash eight loose forward. Yep, no, he, yep. he definitely played well. I, I, summing up the before we get on to, I did, we'll, we'll have a quick chat about players in a second. But um, look, um, 20, uh, 24 clean breaks. I don't think I've seen a, a, that a stat that high before for a team. That's for the Hurricanes, and that's for the Hurricanes. Um, yeah, so look, uh, yeah. They, they scored forty-one and they scored six tries, but they could have uh, had uh, well plenty more, plenty more. <laughs> and the and the Highlanders were lucky to get the try from the rolling mall anyway. So yep. uh, could have because the the front so front so obviously detached from the mall and then took out players that were just standing around. They weren't part of the mall. If they're part of the mall, fine, but they weren't. They were just standing standing ahead of the mall, yeah. and they took defender player defending players out, which is exactly the line that then Ash Dixon Dex, Ash Dixon takes to the try line. So yeah, yeah that was that was rather a fortuitous uh, six uh, points, uh, five points that they got there. Listen, we, we shouldn't forget too. They've got they've got a few injuries in this mm. second part of the season. They've been they've been you know heavily affected. They lost uh, um, Josh Iwani before the game as well. So that that just really hasn't helped them, you know, because I think they're a much better attacking unit uh, when he's on the field. They've they pulled Scott Gregory from wing into centre. He's done a 
you know, to be honest, it's his first season playing in the midfield, and he's done he's done okay. You know, I was going to say that might be the silver lining for them, eh? Is the fact is that you know they've always been playing Gregory out wide, and it's just like they might be actually you know that that the by by circumstances beyond their control, he's pushed in the midfield, and I think he's actually done a really good job. Um, you know, where they've struggled a bit to find some, you know, um, a cohesive unit. Yeah, I, I listen. I agree with that. This will probably uh, an early missed tackle and probably just a, a lazy defensive read, um, which the, the short a, a Roy Gard who threw the short pass to to uh, Lau Marpi. He was just a bit slow in terms of reading that. But listen, all in all, uh, I think the guys that had the biggest smile on their faces are probably the Northern coaches. But uh, don't forget, we've still got the Trans Tasman part of Super Rugby to go. So there's a more, more opportunity to, for Scott Gregory to develop further. Further. Yeah. I thought you'd say more opportunity for injuries. Um, but there is, there is that as well. That's what, yeah, that that's what I thought he was going to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I mean, uh, Tony Brown said he's come out, he's come out and said that he's losing two players a week to injuries, yep. which is just, uh, which is, yeah, it's just, that's just nuts. Um, so yeah, Lamapi, 134 metres uh, carrying. Uh, so, um, Saili Rayasi clearly slacking 132. Uh, only coming in second there. Um, both off 11 carries. Uh, defenders beaten, so uh, Rayasi 10, um, 7 by um, Lamapi. Four clean breaks for Lamapi and five for Rayasi. Uh, yeah, those two had big games um, at the weekend. And as you have to do when you're a commentator and you get calls right, so you have to keep banging on and on about them. And it's just like, you know, we, we called for Rayasi to be in the starting squad for how two years ago. And then now we're finally starting to see um, what he can deliver and he can deliver plenty. There we go. I have to give, give, give Arshman the full screen treatment there when he was making that. <laughs> uh, his, so you can his, see my his, advertising. Make sure you get to Jim's test and tag oh, if you need any services. Go, yeah, 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 yeah. Make sure, yeah, yeah. And if you need any fire extinguisher or anything, give me a call as well. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if you phone up for Jim and get and you think you're going to get a guy with a beard, yep, you know, you can, you can get Arshman instead. Um, Just have a mute follow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so those two both had uh, both had big games there. Um, I thought... Um, Roy Gard came on and uh, did well as um, as well off the uh, LC uh, scrum half being a, a real problem area for the Hurricanes um, on this one. And um, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I've uh, kind of got to say um, on uh, on that one. Um, Doing this Forest Gump impersonation. That's all I want to say about that. <laughs> it's it's, a, it's interesting though. Um, you know, both these teams they get it. You know, whilst they'd be disappointed with their uh, with this particular um, part of uh, Super Rugby, they've got a chance to reload when it comes to uh, the, the the trends, Tasman. So, hopefully, um, they have got a few bodies back on the on the panic. Unfortunately, they have got some guys out uh, with real long term injuries as well. I think Fakatava has been a bit of a loss loss for them as as well. And uh, a couple of others that just uh, escaped escaped yep. me at the minute. But uh, boy, they're 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 a, they're a side that are more than capable of uh, shaking that Trans Tasman competition up. Uh, well, I, I sort of think out of those two teams, Hurricanes are probably best to sort of keep um, progressing forward. Um, I, I think you know the Highlanders with their um, injury list, a lot of them are um, season-ending injuries. Um, and uh, I think it's really, it's going to be, the other ones are probably going to find it hardest out of the five New Zealand teams, I reckon. Uh, well, there, there's uh, there's our prediction, and obviously we'll Here's give uh, Osborne the, uh, the, uh, the full screen treatment when he's right in, uh, yeah, in exactly. about a month and a half's time. Chips. Um, Chips. <laughs> so, um, so, folks, just to give you a, a, a point out, this is an independent production brought to you by New Zealand Sports Radio. Look, we're not associated with NZME or the Herald or any of those big um, players. Uh, so we rely on your support to uh, keep the ship afloat. Uh, so head over to patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio and become a supporter of New Zealand Sport Radio for as little as a dollar a month. Um, and uh, that helps us get all the tech together so that we can produce these shows for you. And uh, so there's our little plug for you there. And uh, we're back from the... Uh, advertising break uh, and see so Astrid why weren't you at Eden Park for the, for, um, for the history making women's super rugby game I thought I'd head along and um, 
uh, get there early if I could and enjoy a beer in the lounge, etc. But after I saw the Blues team, the Blues women's team named, I was like, well, you're not taking it seriously, neither am I. Um, six 18-year-olds, one still at high school, playing the playing in the match. Um, I, I guess you've got your Tyler Nathan Wongs and your Portia Woodmans out with the Sevens program. But then why? Because, you know, the men's program, you got Caleb Clark, Caleb Clark that makes a decision this week on whether he's going. So, you know, if you want the fans to take this seriously, put good teams out there. Don't put development teams out there. Um, I think it'd be. I think well, I think it'd be a, a tad harsh on that one. The, uh, the um, what I'm say, one of the things that, uh, that did come through the media interviews earlier around this was that yeah, that, that none of the, as you say, uh, New Zealand rugby uh, sevens or none of the Blackburn sevens were available for were made available for these games. Um, the uh, the the Super Rugby franchises said they didn't ask for them, but I think that was knowing that uh, having been told already, I didn't officially ask for them, having been told already that they weren't going to get some, that they weren't going to get any funding. Uh, so we weren't going to get any, um, uh, any, any players released. So uh, look, um, the, it, it, I think, I think it, was, it was picking the best, or the, the, the players that are on the right, that, that are on the Blackfern's development pathways uh, and the Blackfern, the Blackfern's already there. Uh, so I think that, that probably was the strongest team uh, that they could pick from the, Okay. Uh, Auckland, um, Northland, and uh, North Harbour franchises. I find that hard to believe, tell you the truth. Reason being is that when you look at the la last year's FPC, um, yep. Northland came home with a wet sail and really started to challenge for that top four spot of the top, and just missed out on the top four spot. Um, if that's the case, um, there should have been some players out of there, surely, that aren't involved with sevens that um, should have been making that squad. Um. Yeah, and there were. I mean, the, the Nankervilles were both out there, um, but the uh, the Farrah Palmer Cup squads are extremely young. <laughs> they they are very young squads. Um, mm. uh, they a, a lot of them do have yeah have they have a lot of eighteen year olds or girls straight out of high school in in, in into them. So the and as you say, you're, you're picking up your, your Portia Woodman's. It's your backs generally that you're going to be losing from uh, to the sevens campaign rather than your forwards, and hence that's, that's what awesome. we saw with the. Um, uh, with the with with the Blues team, I mean they're, they're bringing black ferns off the bench, like, so they had plenty of black, plenty of plenty of um, experience in the forwards. Uh, it was it was just a very inexperienced backline, as you say. Uh, mm -hmm. Whereas the uh, if you look at the uh, the Chiefs team, where they came from, Waikato, um, uh, Counties Manukau, uh, and Bay of Plenty, plus one player from Taranaki. Um, the um, the you've got your you've got your Chelsea alleys. Uh, you've got your black fur, you've got your black ferns, um, two brick, um, uh, fly half. Uh, so you've got so, so you've got a bunch of black ferns, 15s black ferns, uh, backs in those particular squads, and hence that's why they had a, a more a more rounded team, uh, than the uh, than, than the blues. Yeah, Paul, you just stole my thunder. That's exactly what I was going to say. You know, Les Elder, Les Elder was out, outstanding, and of course. You mentioned the, the first, first and second five working together, and you know the, the thing, the, the the actual thing with the first and second five, uh, Tubic and Chase Chelsea they both have very good kicking games, and to me that was a another real difference between the between the two sides. Where uh, you know, apart from the the first five, who's a very young lady herself, um, appeared to be the only one with the kicking game. But there were times with the Blues, the biggest disappointment. For me, it was almost like they met in the car park before the game. Um, you know, such was their, such was, was their attack. It was really poor. And I guess the other place they, they were expected to dominate up front with maybe a maybe a bigger bigger pack, so to, to say. But that that really just didn't it pan out. And uh, the chief skills so just supplied much quicker ball. They looked they looked they looked about a split split second, one or two seconds, doing everything at. A, a pace that was just a little bit quicker, quicker than the Blues, and unfortunately the Blues also also suffered with a very very poor lineout as well. So they really couldn't get anything going. And I think and, um, Aaron says in the chat there that uh, surely inaugural competition game deserves the best players on show. Um, well, they are the best players from those franchise areas. Uh, so they they deliberately said they, they deliberately just didn't pick players from outside their franchises. Whether they should or shouldn't do, I guess. I mean, should should we be seeing 
um, players like, and I've just gone blank as to the world's the, the best best rugby player in the world, probably. Um, there's the scrum half from down in uh, Canterbury. Kendra Coxage. Thank yeah, you. Coxage, yeah. I mean, Paul, should she be switched? Should, should she be flown in for one of those teams? Uh, this, I don't know. This, Paul, this could be, a, this could sound a bit controversial, but I really don't know if our ladies are ready to go to super rugby level, to be brutally honest, because I still think there's a lot more work to be done with the FPC. You know, even if you look at our FPC, based on last year, you could arguably say there were three or four quality teams and the rest were really, really there or thereabouts. I mean, to say North Harbour is is struggling at, at the minute. We know that Taranaki, Taranaki is struggling. Um, you know, I, I sort of put Bay of Plenty and North in that sort of medium area, although that was one heck of an improved performance uh, from from Northland last year. But on saying that, I, I just think Auckland's dropped off from oh, where massively. they were. And at the moment, there's, there's Waikato and, and um, Waikato and Canterbury, who are arguably the two best teams. But if you kind of you look around the rest of the South Island, you're, you're really scratching. So, I'm, you know, I'm not... You don't have the player numbers. Yeah, I, that's what I mean. Well, that's... You, that's, wanna, yeah, that... you, want, you want these games to be quality. They have to be quality. They have to be quality. And, th- and that's what, I mean, like, if you're saying that's the best that they could put out there for the Blues team, then yeah, Steve's, in 100%, Steve's 100% right. And the fact is that the player numbers just aren't there to put a quality product on. There's a lot of remarks on Twitter about what a fantastic game it was and, you know, the hits were big. And it's just like, I'm sorry to me. Jeez, is that condescending or what? Because I'm sorry that was not a quality game of rugby. I saw most of, I saw about 60 minutes of it on the TV before we, left to go to the game or go to the ground. And it's like, that is not quality. That is slow. And one of the things that I know that I think it was uh, Honey Hiramy that uh, she she was against this and against go with a smaller ball. You know, it's easier to handle. They can get the f- passes away quicker and the like, but they all go, oh, no, no, no. We don't want to play with a smaller ball. We're just as capable, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, well, okay. Hey, you know. But the fact is that, you know, we, 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 we there was one thing that when we talk about the women's game that you know, it's like, oh, that should be the equal of men's. It's just like the men's game has developed over a hundred, been developed over a hundred years. It isn't something that the game we see today isn't just dropped into the um, in, into our lounges in the last ten years or the last fifteen years. This is, game has been developed over how many over how many years? Hundred over a hundred years of development gone into that to build what it is today. This is the other thing. I, I think I know watching the Ferret Palmer Cup and something that I've, that I've picked up in the last two or three seasons is is just the non-development of the of the kicking game. <clears throat> you don't have to try and run everything from everywhere. If you've got a really good kicking game, and we noticed that, you ever watch Sandra Coxhead, no matter what level she's playing at, boy, she uses the kicking game well. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's, just, it's just as effective. You don't have to play all the rugby... In, in your own half, and if you kind of looked at the Blues yesterday, they, they were they were trying stuff where I thought at times, well, no, listen, play the rugby out of your half, but unfortunately, you, you looked around the team, and there was unfortunately there was nobody there with a kicking game. That yeah, no, that, that is one of the big differences between the, between the men's and the women's game is 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 that kicking game and the length of kicking as well. But this isn't a, a discussion about something we, we could go down there and another one another another topic perhaps for, for Tuesday evening with the, on the Drive More show is again. Should we be copying a men's structure that we know isn't financially stable anyway um, for the women, or should we be trying to do something different that will be financially that will be more sustainable uh, going forward? So that's a, a, a chat for another evening. And look, the first half hour um, was, was was enjoyable. After that, I think we we the um, they got uh, more they got tired. They got some um, they uh, they they got scrappy. We realised here that both these teams had only had three training sessions coming into this. So there's this uh, give them a proper pre-season and, and build up, and we're going to have a better game as well. Um, give them a few games together; it will improve. So look, this is um, this was an exhibition game with two effectively barbarian teams thrown together. Um, the uh, and I think we saw a lot of that. I think the disappointing for me was the Blues had such an experienced pack that they didn't seem to work together properly uh, to get the advantages they should have had. Um, yeah. And there we go. Um, hey, look, that's another problem. I mean, like, it's, you know, what, what Aaron's saying, we're a fine bunch of girls to talk about a woman's game. The problem is, 
you're, you're quite happy for females to come on this show and talk about the women's game. You'd yep. be more than happy to get them on here. But trying to find them, trying to get them to come on doesn't happen, does it? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, try, try, trying to find guys to do a cricket show is a bit difficult as well. Look, it's, yeah, it, you're quite right. Look, trying to find people full stop is difficult. And yes, um, there aren't some. Um, um, the you, you're right. We if if there are any females out there would love to come on that would like to come on the show, we'd love to have you on. Put bluntly, yeah. Instead of three blokes talking about it. Yeah. Yep. Oh, listen, I should just put it out there that we obviously during a lot of these games we've got our own little chat room, and I know I was saying, hey, listen, give them a little bit of time. They've, they've only just basically had a couple of trainings together, so you're actually wanting these ladies to succeed, and you're wanting to see a see a spectacle. You do. But I, but I thought you do want them that, to succeed. We want them to see because it's rugby and we want rugby to be good and yeah. we want to watch good rugby, right? As the fact is that, but if you want that to happen, the things that we've talked about tonight, they have to do them or they have to look at them. Yep. Um, the uh, look it, for my mind, I think it's great that it actually happened. I think we're heading a step in the right direction. Um, the uh, uh, unfortunately, I think we are, yeah, when we get to if we do get to super rugby. Uh, we're probably off the ground next year. It is going to take a few years to bet in. Uh, these are going to be all brand new franchises with a whole bunch of players who are going to be very young, mm. uh, very uh, young, learning for the first time how to be professional players and how to be full time. They don't the the academy structures and those sort of structures where play where boys come through first fifteen where they're effectively semi professional at at, at, um, at the age of sort of seventeen, Some, eighteen. Thank Kentigans. Uh, St. Kentigans. Um, the, uh, um, they just don't have that for the, 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 that preparation for on, on the women's side. So, moving on then. Um, that was followed up by the Blues versus the Chiefs, which you were at, Arthur. Yes, um, and I was. Running over time on this, on this, so, but uh, I think we'll we'll probably get through the Super Rugby uh, uh, AU game pretty quickly. Um, so, <laughs> but um, uh, just to set your expectations, folks, if uh, you've got this day thinking, hey, we're going to have half an hour talking about Super Rugby AU, we're not. Um, in this one, though, uh, look, we had a, a high tackle early on by Rico. Um, the Chiefs got up. Um, now, I put out on Twitter uh, a little, a quick poll before this game saying, who do you think is going to win between the Blues and the Baby Chiefs? Um, a, a bit tongue-in-cheek there around Baby Chiefs because, look, the Chiefs had five debutants, I think four of the players with one cap um, and and pretty much apart from Liam Messam who was coming back hasn't played Super Rugby for a couple of years um, very very few players I mean well Sean Wayne knew he were recognised um, we had Hosking Satutu um, well right one I think have um, and uh, that was pretty much the uh, experience oh and Bryn Gatland everyone else was pretty much inexperienced in that uh, uh, in that chief side um, so to take an early lead was was um, was pretty good but as soon as the Blues forwards went to work um, I thought it was all over. I know you guys in the, in, in the chat thought, uh, uh, well, I mean, um, Cornflake thought he thought that uh, the, 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 the Chiefs were playing the better rugby. But for me, I thought the power of the, power of the Blues forwards was going to take them home. And it did at the end of the day, I suppose, you'd have to say. But, um, you know, look, I mean, what, one thing that, you know, we, we talk about with that first half, obviously um, the Chiefs were probably unlucky to be behind at half time. Um, they made a lot of breaks, uh, but then you'd have to say, you know, well, well done to the Blues defence to actually scramble to actually shut those breaks down. So uh, I have to read that again. Hang on, sorry. So basically, I mean, yeah, but yeah, Chiefs would have been disappointed, must be to go uh, go in to the break um, behind. But at the end of the day, they're probably also happy to be in touch, um, considering they, as you put it, they were a baby baby Chiefs team. Yeah, they the, were, and they and they were export and they were exploiting exporting a blues team that was that was actually missing tackles and there were some real profile guys that mm. were, were missing those tackles as well and yeah oh, definitely a tad unlucky uh, not to have only had uh, nine points on the board. Yeah, eighty percent tackling by the blues, not great on the night. Uh, let's be honest. Well, actually, um, just and I'm I'm assuming this is a massive assumption. It's the fact is that it was way lower in the first half because in the second half things changed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that that if it's eighty percent for the whole night, then geez, it must have been about seventy or seventy percent or lower in the in that first half. Yep. 
Um, and we'll probably want to go full screen on this one again for Arsene as he'll, he'll tell us how uh, Zane Sullivan should be starting for the whole season um, at fullback. But, um, <laughs> I want to know that to be fair. I haven't, haven't called that. I, I, we, we've been saying that the, the guy should be given, um, the younger guy should be given a go. Actually, I'm not going to have a go at his full name, but Kipkins, um, Narawa, um, you know, all these guys haven't even been on the bench. Um, so the, the reality is it's great that... Um, Zahn Sullivan was finally given a shot. Uh, in saying that, I, I think, you know, the fact that you had a new kid coming in that hasn't spent any time basically there probably was part of the reasons why the backline defence was a bit um, below par in that first half. Yeah, I'll tell, tell you the crazy thing for me, though, guys, is that we, and, and Paul and I briefly touched on it last night, or, or Paul did, and it, was a great, and it was a great point. If you think back to that last press conference that Leon McDonald um, had after the Canterbury, Canterbury game, he lamented the loss of Taniela Talia really early in the piece because a lot of their attacking plays revolve around this guy. Well, I'm sorry, but where were those attacking plays? You had him on the paddock. Where were those attacking plays? Hundred percent, and and, and the fact is that I've forgotten I said that. <laughs> but, but, but the other you thing do, is that, like when we when we it's the most it's the, it's the smartest thing Paul has said in twenty twenty one. But it's just like, and when you look at him, he's not a um, he he's a take the ball up type guy, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I when I've watched him at Auckland, at, sorry, at NPC level. You can't say that he's a creative guy. He's basically a guy that goes around um, taking the ball up, doing the hard running. Yeah, he's, is, he's not. A, he's not. He's not a Michael Little. And no, he's not a, T, he's not a TJ Payani. So no, he's a he's a converted he's a converted winger. Yeah, and and then the crazy one is for uh, where's TJ Payani gone? Because the times the backlines actually look like it's getting some level of cohesiveness going. Yeah, is when TJ Fiani came into the twelve jersey. And if you look, and if you look I think at, if, I TJ Fiani is, is 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 a well respected leader in that in that Auckland rugby community. Look, he he was uh, look, he's been captain of, of, of Auckland. Auckland. Uh, he's played for the Blues um, as, as as well. I mean, he was captain when they when they won the uh, competition. Um, he's had some good seasons with the Blues as well. He was the person um, I remember um, during one off season. Uh, I remember there was um, already. Um, uh, sorry, Kiriwani had a interview uh, podcast interview with with Ali Surveyor. And he's going to say things on there that he won't say anywhere else. And one of the points he mentioned there was that during the off season, what got him out of his slump was TJ coming around his house saying, Ardi, uh, saying, um, Akira, you're coming out to train." Um, so that kind of leadership uh, is, is is the kind of thing I think the Blues need uh, in in that team. Uh, I think yeah, TJ Fayani is someone that's, uh, that that needs to be used more, in, in my view. I was about to say, even if you even if you sort of look, you know, that last what four minutes they end up scoring, scoring three, three tries, three tries. A lot of it was basically in and around forward power. Is basically how that how they got those tries. It wasn't any, anything special. Just putting in, you know, just rolling your sleeves up, putting in some hard hard mahi, and basically working out the numbers. You know, getting mismatches out wide, and that's how they, they, those tries came. So the it's a lesson to the blues. If if you if you if you play tight and do everything do everything right, those opportunities will basically open itself up. But an area where I've, I've been a little bit disappointed is the play of their their pivots. We we haven't seen anything creative. Um, mm. I'm not too sure whether Oteri Black is under instructions to kick, but it seems as like his first instinct is is, is to actually kick. Now I almost understand that's why he actually got dropped. Um, the previous week when they, they went, for, went for plumber, but what I'm actually seeing moving forward, unless there's a great improvement in the trans-Tasman trans uh, super super rugby, I'm, I, I just think these these two guys are, are, are off the pace for what you're mm. trying to achieve. Now, now the great thing, Dominic, the great thing, Dominic, it didn't happen. So, <laughs> so Dominic, Dominic's point. point there is, is how damn would we be on the Blues if, we, if they, if they lost the five ten? Look, they didn't. But at the end of the day, we've got a team here that should have dominated this game through their forwards that has got a disjointed backline um, now. And yet, at the hour mark, they're where they're nineteen all against a team that has whilst has played much more creative than them with nowhere near the playing experience or playing time together. Um, but that the, the last knock on 
or that last ball or that um, or last ditch tackle has has meant they haven't got over the line. And that's yep. the that, that's why we're being down on a, on, a, on a Blues team here, yep. even though they did win 39-19. But you know, on the on the flip side of it, if this was a, another team um, that had done, and you know, it was nineteen all against the makeshift side um, at half time or just after half time, one Stephen Harris would have gone to the TAB and put in a tenner on them to to win it easily and comfortably. So you know, and, and so so you know, it's like, w- w- what's the difference here? You know, they played a bad game, they won ugly. Is that a bad thing? That's actually for a blues side. It's something they actually take away and say we can win ugly. We need to do what Stephen just said. Is the fact is that we've got forward dominance. Use the forward dominance, control the game, and then heads up play on whether we go left or right. Not just automatically go left or automatically go right. It's that's that's what they can take away from that game. So, at the end of the day, they played horribly for sixty minutes of that game, and they ended up winning it by twenty. You've got to take silver linings out of that. Yeah, Paul and I and, discussed last 20 minutes, the bench really, really yep. added added as well. I mean to say, I just I just thought that sometimes it was Tom Robinson and 14 other guys uh, mm. playing because Tom Robinson seemed to be everywhere on the field, but at least he had a few mates that came on and, and, and offered up some support. You know, the, the, the biggest thing with Tom Robinson is, you know, his playing, as you've alluded to, is great, but it's, that's, it's, it's his... Um, I think he's the captain. You know, when I mean, he was the captain last night, and it's it's his captaincy and his uh, the way that he's obviously able to talk to the referees and the officials um, that that's helping the team massively. The um, so look, yeah, I would say the uh, forward the, the 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 bench came on, and that was the difference between his two sides. Was that depth off the bench um, that the Blues were able to bring? I mean, they're, they're bringing All Blacks off the bench, whereas. Uh, uh, the whereas the Chiefs are bringing debutants off the bench, uh, and, oh, and that's hey, you're great. calling Liam Messam um, a debutant. Well, okay, <laughs> <laughs> a man who might be slightly past his prime. Um, <laughs> Amazing, though. I mean, great. I actually like you know, I mean, um, massive cheer going up. I mean, I think it was actually more Chiefs supporters at the stadium last night, um, than there were blue supporters. I think they they they, they actually. You know, they had more than 12 people on the Tahuia train up from Hamilton for a change, and um, it might have even been full. Um, so, you know, there were a lot of Chiefs supporters there, and so when he came on, fa- massive roar. It was great to hear. It was great to see uh, when he came on, the chair that he got. Um, look, the Blues also, look, this has actually been, a, a look, they've, come, they've come up short because it's been a good season for them. Only two teams ended up with a positive points difference, the Crusaders and the, and the, Blues. And the Blues. The Chiefs, minus 43 uh, yes, yeah, sure. They've gone on this winning streak, but all those wins were by um, less than a score, uh, and their losses have been well, like last night, by twenty points, um, which has ended up with them having a, 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 a minus forty-three points difference across the eight games. And that's, and, and that's um, what, yeah, sorry, I was, going, I was about to say that's what makes that game against the Crusaders really crazy. Yeah. Last week, the Blues knew what they had to do. They knew that they needed six points from their last two two games, and they were they just needed well, to stick close. Up. They end, they ended up with five, and um, you know, but, but just on the flip side, well, one of my mates uh, had caught up with him during the week, and he made a very good point. It's the fact is that we were one decision away from actually making it to the final, and that was Dalton Papali's try against the Chiefs uh, down in Hamilton. You know, the, what he got, what what that penalty got given for was fifty fifty at best, and it happens in nearly every mall try that is scored, and in that occasion they decided to call it, and even when they called it. It was actually not clear cut and dry that it was somebody got in front of the ball carrier at the wrong time. So, yeah, as I said, one decision away. That that try was given to Dalton Papali'i. That game was actually over well, then. The Chiefs well, wouldn't well, have come back. But listen, I I think we should acknowledge the Chiefs though because if you think about it, losing those first two games and then knowing that they had to string what four or five wins in a, in a row, that's 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 pretty impressive. And they and it. it it wasn't rugby where they they dominated the teams that they played, but they found a way to they found, found a way to win, win. it, and and that's mm. my, and and you know from my from my point that they, they deserve great credit for that, and uh, you know they they may be the one team the fact that they have beaten the Crusaders that might be able to get under the Crusaders' skin. We're all hoping for. I, I mean, to say I I hope to, no. be, I hope, to be, I hope to be proved wrong if they can get under the Crusaders' Crusaders' skin. Um, I'm not sure if. if so it's going to be a big ask for them going down to uh, 
to um, uh, to the village of the damned. <laughs> I'm in Christchurch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. At the end of the day, everybody sort of um, you know is like, oh, are you going to bet? You're going to bet against the Crusaders? It's like, well, no, you'd be crazy to bet against the Crusaders. But the Chiefs have just done five games or four games on the trot. Yep, um, yeah, sort of thing. And um, so, and not only that, um, they've got a starter's chance. Any team that makes it into the finals got a starter's chance. You get a bounceable. Uh, look, why have why have the Crusaders signed up Pablo Matera? Um, the reason being is that, as, as I've been saying, look, th- their forward dominance isn't the forward dominance that they've had in previous years. Okay? So the, the reality is that the um, there is an opportunity to, to, to get parity up front with the Crusaders, it's whether there is one thing that you need to do. You need to shut down um, Richie Moanga. That's what they need to do. The um, abs- yeah, absolutely, and it's and it'll be uh, it'll be interesting how they look. I mean, the Crusaders got a bunch of injuries as well. So Jack Goodhue is uh, is is out. Uh, Moody's uh, still in a moon boot. Do you like what I did there? Do you like what I did there? Moody um, in a moon boot. <laughs> I don't know if he is or not, to be honest. But it sounded good. Um, the, um, so look, they, they, they've got their injury issues as well. Uh, and they, yeah, look, they're lacking a seven. They're lacking um, centres, even though Braden Enor is apparently back after a couple of club games. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, congratulations to the, uh, to, to the Blues on their win. But congratulations to the Chiefs on making it to the final uh, next week. So, Paul, quickly, Paul, just, before we, just before you go on, I, I, I do apologise. I'll, I'll do my... Why? I'll do my best. Because uh, you called it the village of the damned. I do apologise to all <laughs> I, I'm, 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 Again, why? Why are you apologising? What's wrong with that? Oh, that's um, anyway. down in Christchurch. It's probably a harsh call. calling me <laughs> given, given what they have been, a good folk of Christchurch have, have been through. The, uh, the think, viewer asked me, how well do we think the Blues will go in the, tri- the upcoming Trans-Tasman Comp? Look, I think all the, all, all the uh, well, obviously, Crusaders go in as favourites because, hey, Crusaders always go in every competition as favourites. Um, the other four New Zealand sides will, uh, will, have, will have really good games against the Brumbies and the Reds, um, but uh, you've got to then say the Waratahs, Rebels uh, and Force will probably be beneath, uh, will, will probably be at the bottom. And that's I think, generally how it's going to be. Um, so how are the Blues going to go? They'll go fine. But, uh, they'll, but the Brummies and the Reds, they'll, they'll find tough, just like every New Zealand side, side will do. Um, so a very quick summing up of that one before we go into deep dive of that. Uh, quickly then on to the uh, Brummies versus the Force then. Um, the first half hour was basically the Brumbies attacking the Force and the Force making tackles and the Brumbies not scoring, which was which was amazing. Uh, and at the, uh, just after half hour, um, the Force uh, decided to uh, got themselves a penalty, got in the 22 I think they'd been in the 22 for something like three seconds or was it or six seconds or something like that. Knocked over three and uh, and um, took the um, uh, and, and took the lead. Um, that was probably the worst thing they could have done, to be honest with you, um, because that just got that just um, got the Brumbies, uh, the, the Brumbies in, into action um, and they scored a, a nice try straight after that. Um, just before halftime, we had a correct red card to pull out. Um, so look, he was one of three tacklers, but his um, uh, there wasn't a wrap. His shoulder hit the guy's head, uh, and um, forced the head is a red card. I, I know Archman is shaking his hand there. Yeah, well, I'll explain. I mean, actually, we didn't cover off what should have been a red card in the Blues and Chiefs game as well. But um, you know, it's a Blues game, so we don't worry about cards against the Blues. Um, but no, oh, the reason why the the, uh, the tip tackle tip tackle. Absolutely. Yeah, totally yeah. yep. That's a total red every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Right, Steve? <laughs> He's got his new guy happening now. <laughs> <laughs> but look, no, the, uh, the reason why Tony Pulu's one, there was mitigating circumstances for me. As I say, you start with the red, it's contact of the head. There was mitigating circumstances because he's two in the tackle. He's actually come up off one of his own men and his shoulder has then made contact. Um, the, one of his own men has stopped him able to uh, stopping him able being able to wrap his arm around or has deflected his arm. Um, and I felt that there was it's just like um, well no actually not not you can't say it was like um, Dan Cole sorry but yeah that, that's the way I saw it as a fact is that I thought that it could have been a yellow it's um, definitely a card but I thought it could have been a yellow because of the fact that there were teammates in front 
that meant that he got into a bad position. He didn't directly get himself into a bad position. And you know, the, the real shame of this, this this pretty much happened basically after after the Huda had went. Huda, pretty much. And there was only, only what, 30 seconds, 30 seconds to go. And uh, who's the halfback? Caballero, is it? The halfback of the Western Force? Um, To be honest, he should have just called his forwards in, just just got them to carry up from the goal line, slow it down. No, no, it gets worse than that. It gets worse than that because actually to get to the position where that um, the force, uh, sorry, the uh, Brumbies had the ball and they were taking attack. The um, force had a scrum just on the Brumby side of halfway, which then they got free kicked. So they got free kicked um, because they delayed the put in. So then the force got the ball, and that's how they actually because it was about less about a minute and a half to go when that scrum was going down, where the force had the put in. Yeah, it's not. I've, I've no issues with the card. The card is. But, you know, if you had to replace a guy after 20 minutes, why not just replace him straight away? And, and or after 10? Yeah. Well, no, no well, or after, or after 10. Oh, I don't know. Replace well, then, I mean, because I mean, then the value of the yellow card's gone if you do it straight away, that's why. Yeah, well, well after 10, maybe. Mm. After 10 instead of, instead of 20. At least put them back to, to match. Well, yep. I guess that's, a, that's an argument for another day. And I've got to admit, that's where I left it. I was actually pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I was actually pleasantly surprised what the score was a lot closer than than what they ended up. But I will I will basically say um, on the Western Force they're going to eat a bit of humble pie. I must admit, at the start of the season, I thought they were absolutely rubbish, but they actually showed a bolt. lot of them. They showed a lot of improvement, and they're trending. They are trending in in the, in right, the right direction. direction. And, and and what it actually shows that there's a lot of a lot of heart in that team, and I think a lot of it's actually driven by a couple of those Kiwi veterans. That are in the team in terms of Jeremy yeah. Thrush and, and Richard Kahui, and that's coming through big time. I was going to say, look, um, there's a couple of points because that I just want to cover off. So I, I, I 100% disagree with Paul <laughs> when he said that the Brumbies were uh, for half an hour of the game, or you know, they, they, they were dominant sort of thing, and the force would. Re- I felt the force were defending for uh, 80 minutes of that game. That's what it felt oh, like. Okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I haven't got through the whole bit again. I was just talking about the first yeah, half hour. Like, it, it didn't feel it didn't feel like they attacked at any stage of that game. I watched the whole eighty, and it's just like it was just like the Brumbies on attack and the force defending. And that brings to the um, Steve's point around the and one Jeremy Thrush. I thought Jeremy Thrush had a massive game. Um, his work on defence was huge, and for some guy that's basically starting to get to the age where. Really, he's just on a pension and picking up contracts to feather the nest. It's just like he did that was there was no um, nest feathering there. He was putting in all his effort that he in that game. That was uh, a big effort from him. As I said, the force were consistently on defence, and he was pulling himself out of rucks and getting into the defensive line again and making tackles. I say yeah, you, you yeah you, you cannot um you, you you cannot say that thrush yeah is is, is just picking up the paycheck there. Yeah, um, no, definitely not. <laughs> um, and uh, we can tell that because, uh, well, well, he got kicked. Well, to be honest with you, he was a bit of a slacker. Only seven tackles on the day with, <laughs> with Ward Mist. Um, whereas um, Koteka, 23 tackles plus wow. three missed. Now, now Cor- Korteka, oh. he's the prop, he's the prop, he's the son of former All Black, Paul Korteka. Uh, the, 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 the flanker. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, okay, so former All Black, I advise that one. Um, next up was um, was Godwin with with seventeen tackles, one miss. Um, yeah, I mean they, they got through a massive shift um, in this one. Oh, just um, so in in sorry, just to, just to say in what Nocturnal said. That's why you know when you mentioned that um, that you know the Brumbies and the Reds will be up there providing competition. I think the Force will provide competition for the New Zealand teams. I'm not saying again that they will tip them over, but they'll be there or thereabouts, and they they might up get caused. They might cause the odd upset. Probably against the Blues, knowing our luck. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, in this game, the Brumbies made 18, 85 tackles. The uh, the Force made one hundred and sixty seven, so nearly twice as many. Not quite. Only one hundred and sixty seven. That's that's three games worth of tackling. The um, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, so a big a, a big shift there um, by the Force. Yeah, hey, look. Um, 62% possession, 71% territory. This game was played 
all in the all in the forces half, uh, mainly in the forces twenty two, um, and um, yeah. So uh, look, we all we all thought the Brumbies would win. Um, as you say, Stephen, it could have blown out in the second half, but look, the the, the force uh, kept up their high work rate, didn't let the heads drop, um, and um, even though they had noughts line breaks, knocked over three penalties uh, in that one. Um, the Brumbies look twenty one points, and for all that domination. Really, with only six clean breaks, um, you've got to say, uh, should have done more with the ball they had. But look, they're, they, they, they never look like losing this game, let's be honest. Yeah, and, but, you know, with what you just said, Paul, you've got to give credit to the force, right? And I mean, like, they, they nullified the, the, the driving wall from the Brumbies. Um, mm. And then they nullified also... Um, one of the things that the Brumbies do is that they, they draw the defence and using the driving wall, and then they use their back line very well. They cut that down as well when they started to shift out wide. And going right back to the beginning of our show, when we had a go at New Zealand commentators, love him or hate him, Michael Checker provides really good insight into mm. what the hell's going on on that field. So, um, you know, and he was telling us why the force were doing well or when they did score that, when the um, Brumbies did score the tries at the back end of the first half, how they achieved it. And yeah. this is what we've been screaming out for years for Sky to provide us is some sort of technical sort of information about why the hell something happened on the pitch. Oh, and that's yeah. what Michael Chick is doing, and he's doing it really well. Outstanding comms, Ishram. I, I got to totally agree. There was uh, a, a piece that he did with regards to the Brumbies' attack, why it wasn't um, as effective as he, as he could be. And he just explained a couple of things that Nick Nick White needed to do a little bit better, utilise some forwards coming, coming around the corner. And uh, it was it was it was it was really really interesting insights. In fact, you could you could argue that uh, yeah, the force defence was very good. But on saying that, I don't think the Brumbies asked a lot of questions either. Well, they didn't play no risk rugby, didn't they? They really really tightened it up, mm. and they didn't want to really give any opportunities out there for anything to go awry. Mm. So they really tightened it up. Or, or whether it was because the force were driving them in, I don't know. But yeah, um, the uh, yes, not so right. So yeah, Sky doesn't want uh, that stuff. Asher, they want us to be ignorant and angry. I'm not sure about that. They just want to hire ex players who aren't mate, aren't who are just mates. Yeah, mate. They don't want to hire. They want to hire coaches and people actually know. They just want to hire a name uh, who can say mate a lot, and that's pretty <laughs> much um, uh, pretty much it. I mean, um, Check out. I mean, for, look for for a, for a coach that was that uh, was maligned as being um, as, as being basically just an emotion coach for the Wallabies. As you say, he does he is providing some great insights. I think he's a bit he's more he's more a technical coach than he was given credit for um, at his time at both the uh, Wall at both the uh, Waratahs. Waratahs. Um, look, the Brumbies in the second half were kicking penalties. They never do that. Um, so that just tells you how successful the force were uh, with this. Um, and yeah, they they decided to use the uh, use the boot just to take the game away and get themselves a comfortable victory. Uh, if they try and do that against the Reds, uh, I don't think that's going to work. So um, I think Reds come in as pretty strong favourites next weekend for the Reds versus the uh, um, the Brumbies. Uh, the opposite to the last last year's final when the Brumbies hosted it and the Reds travelled to Canberra. This time the um, the uh, the Brumbies travel up to um, Brisbane. You know what? Another reason why the Reds go in big, strong favourites. How many players did the Brumbies lose in that game? Well, there is that as well. <laughs> Samu. I mean, as somebody uh, somebody asked how Pete Samu. I haven't heard anything, but it did not look good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a yeah, and there's a couple other players that um, didn't look good when they went off as well. So uh, that that could be a big impact to next week's game is who's the who the Brumbies have to put on the field. Yeah, because they're influential now. players. Yeah, and it does, does make a good point. He says they, they do have a coach on Sky Commentary, Sir John, Sir JK. Yes, JK, great winger, done really great work with mental health, piss poor coach, piss poor um, uh, commentator or pundit um, uh, as, as, as well. Look, yeah, his coaching record, as much as like, hey, he was an international coach. Yeah, with a, a losing Japan side, and look what other people have done with Japan since he's left. Um, and uh, yeah, and he, hasn't, he didn't do much with Italy either. So, yeah, not um, and also the Blues. I was about to say, guys, a, a, a guy who could be a bit of a loss for the uh, the Brumbies is James Slipper. He didn't see mm. that uh, yeah. see the first half half out. Although they still yep. have Scott Seo, which will give them 
a strong scrum, but we know how how strong that uh, that red. Uh, red scrum is is at the moment. So no, look, looking forward to watching that final. Thing. Looking forward to watching both finals next weekend. You're gonna make it Absolutely. through to the. You're gonna make it through the whole um, eighty minutes for the second game. Oh, it's a it's a final. It's with it's it's. it's <laughs> and listen, the red, I think I think the Reds play quite a, quite attractive rugby. Hopefully, yep. everybody can hopefully everybody can stay on the field. Yeah, Tupo's going to make a run from the 22 all the way to the try line. His own 22. He's going to run 80 metres and score. You've got to say, look, having, having, when you've got a game where one side has dominated the entire first half, the other side loses a player for 20 minutes, you've got to say that yeah, we expected it to blow out, but kudos to the, for the force for not letting it do so, basically. Yeah. Um, so, guys, yep, that's it. We'll be back next. We'll be back on Thursday um, at around about five-ish uh, with uh, Cornflake bringing you the preview of the uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa and Super Rugby AU finals. Um, uh, we'll be back here at 8 p.m. on Sunday reviewing those two games. We'll also probably be live straight after the um, Chiefs, uh, sorry, the, crum the, the Crumbies. Um, the, the, oh, help me out here, boys. <laughs> the Gumbies. Gumbies. No, they're not the Gumbies. Oh, can... sorry, yeah. Rumbies, Rumbies. No, I'm trying to say that I'm trying to say that, that team from Christchurch. Um, the oh, Crusaders. Christ, uh, Crusaders. We'll be live straight after the final whistle of the Crusaders versus the Chiefs. Um, and uh, do join us then. Uh, we'll be back, obviously, on Tuesday evening with the Driving Walls show. Thank you, boys. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 